0: Hi there, Grace Hart here and welcome to Beyond Domestic Violence. Today we are going to talk about something that you may not connect with you. However, if you are in a domestic violence situation, there is a really strong likelihood that you have this going on and it may be in fact why the perpetrator chose you in the first place, uh, as well as if you've left the relationship and you're still reenacting trauma um, in relation to it. It could be one of the reasons why. And it can also be one of the reasons why you may jump into, you know, they say the frying pan into the fire. In other words, where why you may choose another relationship that um, is harmful as well. So, okay, uh, what is it? It's shame. So the research, when we looked at... Um, why perpetrators do what they do? You know why men and women hurt men and women that they are supposed to be in relationship with and care and love. What's going on? And there's many reasons. Trauma is complex. Abuse is complex. However, there's many many reasons why we do what we do. And with the, it's the same with perpetrators. Why they do what they do. What they've found is you know for example, they looked at testosterone levels, they looked at abuse in the family, they looked at um, education, you know looked at a lot of reasons why you know why this happens, why do they do what they do. And there was no real commonality except for one thing. So some had issues of anger, you know some had testosterone issues, some had you know bad parent parents and you know upbringing, some was related to drugs. Um, However, this shame element was throughout every single perpetrator and also every single victim-survivor. Now, I have mentioned um, previously the reason why I say perpetrator and victim-survivor is just to name it. However, I would love you to just be in an acknowledgement so when I say your perpetrator, I don't want you to label it as in that's all they are to you. It's more an acknowledgement so we know who we're talking about in this podcast. Um, Okay, so shame may not be what you think it is. If you feel inadequate, a bit stupid sometimes, or you feel like something's wrong with you, like, why does this keep happening to me, or what's going on here, I I feel like I'm just not getting this, believe it or not, that's shame. And shame is felt and recognised even with babies, When a parent looks disapprovingly and that baby might not have the languaging, might not know what the words mean, but they can feel it energetically and they can also sense it from the perspective of looking at facial features and and just what the parent's being, right? So shame can look like you don't feel like anybody. You don't really have a lot of feelings. It can also be if you've got self-worth issues, Or you don't feel like you're lovable or you're good enough. Or somewhere you feel like you're evil or wrong or just a bad person. You don't feel normal. You may feel like an outcast. And you may question yourself on, am I a bad mother or father? Or, gee, that was a really stupid thing to do or that was so foolish of me. Or you may feel like damaged goods. Or like an emotional mess. Everyone else is doing well, but I'm just such a mess emotionally. Not, uh, you know, not lovable. You're dirty. You're ugly. That you're just not whole. You just feel dysfunctional. You may also feel scared for life. As in you feel like you can't manage your life. So that's just a little sprinkle of what shame could look like. If you were a kid, and even as an adult now, if you're looking at facial features, that hypervigilance that comes in when you tend to be trauma, uh, experiencing some trauma or have experienced trauma, where you're just hypervigilant on paying attention to their, their facial features, how they're walking, how they're, you know, what words they're using. You're just sort of extra cautious. That comes from or can come from shame, that you've just got to, you know, you're so bad that you need to figure it out. You need to get ahead of the game to work out what's, what's going on. Are they going to hit now or are they going to yell at me now or whatever it is. So if you can appreciate, okay, perpetrators, they have definitely, well not definitely, most likely shame going on and they've picked somebody who they can shame, who matches the energy of their shame. And a lot of times there's a few things I would love you to look at and just ask, is, that's what, is that what's going on for me? So with those th- things that I just highlighted, if you felt any of those, that's actually shining the light on the shame in your body and being. And of course, none of that's true and real. You're a gift. You're beautiful. You have value. However, if you've had, you know, especially childhood trauma or a series of traumas or even a one-off horrific trauma, you can just go straight to that shame element. So there's a couple of things I would love you to do. The first thing is when you feel that shame or whatever it is, I'm assuming it doesn't feel so good. I'm assuming there's a heaviness to it. You know, for example, if I said to you, you're hopeless, you're worth, worthless, you're stupid, or all the things that you felt back to you, I'm sure it would feel heavy and cementish and, you know, not pleasant. And I'm sure if I said to you, hey, would you mind going up to that complete stranger and telling them what you feel about yourself but tell it, telling them as if it's them, telling them they're stupid and they're, they're worthless and you know, I'm sure you wouldn't want to do that. However, what we tend to do, we've talked about the the, circ- the centre of the flower and the petals and when you've experienced trauma, you tend to spend most of your time not being you, being disenfranchised parts of you. Or being the you that you think you need to be to survive the trauma or to please the parent or to get that job or whatever it is. When the absolute opposite is true. The way to find that beautiful job, beautiful partner, you know, great life that you know is possible, that's when you function from the centre of the flower and choose from that likeness of your very beingness. So what if you just had in your awareness... That shame. If I asked you, is shame the centre of the flower? If you're truly in the centre of your flower, and you and you recognise the value and the gift that you are, and I appreciate some of you may not even be able to do that, and that's okay. You know, keep getting help, keep getting assistance, keep you know reading up on trauma, and if it's something that's really terrible, um, you know, look at getting a trauma informed specialist to assist you, or find a modality to help with your trauma. So if you recognize oh actually if I didn't have this injury to my personality if I was not on the petals and you know being something that I'm not if I'm actually coming it from the center of the flower and the beautiful being that I be is there shame there and what you'll find is it's not true so shame is actually not true for you but it feels so real and true and usually you've got it as a an innate sense in the body as well like you feel it in your body that you're worthless and hopeless you don't want anyone to look at you or notice you you're a worthless waste of space that could be an energy right so what i'd love you to do is just pay attention say oh okay maybe one of my parts one of the petals is feeling shame because when i'm in the center of the flower there's no shame there so i'm actually not shame And just that acknowledgement that you're not the shame. So to say it in a way that might be clearer, if you're feeling sad, when you're in the centre of the flower, most likely there's no feelings of sadness there. It's most likely a a disenfranchised or disassociated part, one of your petals, that's hijacked you. And so because it's tethered with you, you feel like it's real, you feel like it's you, your body's giving that you know, emotion or sensation, so it must be yours, it must be real, right? And I'd love you to just be in awareness of what if that's not true? What if that sadness or guilt or upset is truly just a petal expressing itself or has hijacked you and so you think that's you? And that's when, you know, you say to a a victim survivor, you're beautiful, and they, they hear the words, They may even cognitively know that it should be true or maybe even that it is true, but they just don't feel it. Chances are that person is not in the centre of their flower. They're on a petal and that petal might be a petal of shame. And so they're hearing the words, but all they know is that experience that that petal gives them, which is, I am shame, I am worthless, I am hopeless. And so the gift of trauma-informed support is getting you to realise that you are not your shame. That that is just a recording that you've pressed play on. It's not who you are. It's just a part that's experienced shame at some point or lots of points in their past. The other thing it can be is actually the shame from your perpetrator. We discuss that people abuse because of shame in them. as I mean, for a whole other reasons as well, but we're talking about shame today. So there's a good chance that your perpetrator or your abuser has shame. And so they are then perpetrating that shame onto you. And as I said before, perpetrators pick really sensitive, kind people to take their pain away. They're feeling this shame They're feeling all their feelings, anger, shame, guilt, whatever. And they pick somebody who has special capacities to take away their suffering. And when you don't realize what's going on, that becomes a pedal where you think, I am that shame, I am that anger, I am that guilt, and it's got nothing to do with you. they've just sprayed that energy around you and covered you with it. So you're looking at yourself going, yep, I'm shameful, yep, I'm ugly, yep, I'm angry, yep, I'm sad or whatever it is. The other thing that can happen is you can be born with it and that's called generational trauma where you just come into the world and you feel shame. You know, and they call that the personality. Oh, that, that kid's really shy or that kid's really embarrassed or that kid's really angry or that kid's really sad. And you wonder why or how they could have that so quickly. You see it in babies. There's placid babies. There's, you know, babies that giggle a lot. There's babies. It's there. Generational information from your past as well as the parents' past that you came in through and with. And so I will be doing, um, I've got another podcast called Energetic Self-Defense. And I will be giving you exercises this week on shame and how to release it um, energetically. So with the Domestic Violence Podcast, it's more about mainstream. It's more about speaking the language of trauma, perpetrators, you know, victims. And that's really valuable for you to get that information. However, you can actually change things energetically as well. And if you're ready to experience that, hop on over to energetic self-defense. Uh, if you're not ready for that, if you're still very much in the in the realness of the suffering, and that's okay, being there. You know, when you're when you are truly abused, you do not have the energy to change. You might have the cognition that you want to, you might have the cognition that you need to leave that relationship or whatever it is, but if you find yourself not able to do that, it's usually because there's not enough energy to do it. So please be kind. They do say, on average, it takes seven times to leave a perpetrator or an abuser. And it's really tricky if, obviously, if that perpetrator is your mum or your dad or your sisters or brothers, right? So they're the three things that I'd love to just invite you to look at this week. Do I have shame? Does it belong to me or is it actually the shame from my perpetrator that I have kind of sucked into my you know, aura or field or whatever you want to call it? Now, one of the exercises that I'd like to share here, um, a domestic violence exercise, is just imagine, and as always with exercises, please only do it at a time and space that's safe for you, that you won't get interrupted. And that if you do have some kind of release or let go, that you're safe to do that. And again, just highlighting, if you do cry and there's someone that cares about you, it's super important for them not to touch you. You just really want that trauma to leave the body. Whereas when someone touches you, you tend to, to freeze in that moment. And Peter Levine's work speaks of that so importantly, like when you actually connect with the trauma and it starts to come out. And it can come out like an effervescence. It can come out with a scream. It can come out with a cry or diarrhea. There's lots of different ways, right? But when it does come out, please don't get anyone to touch you because you want to just be present with the the flow of it out. And, of course, no significance, no story, no you know drama. Just really true releasing doesn't have that energy to it. You, there's just this raw and real emotion or raw and real physical movement that just comes out and it's usually quite quick. Um, So what you can do is just imagine a safe place. So if it's a forest or a room that you like, it can even be the room you're in if you feel good about that space. And I just want you to put your hands down by your side and just really let let yourself know you're safe and where you are, you know, so I'm safe, I'm at home or wherever it is. Also, if you have experienced substantial trauma, you may want to have a support person not looking at you unless you really feel like you need that, but you, it's super important to not be distracted by them. So i probably suggest them being in earshot of you, that if you need them, you call them. Okay, so your hands are by your side, you're standing up and this is not a lie down exercise. This is a seating if you can't stand or preferably standing if you're able to stand. And what you want to do is you want to connect with, and when I say connect with, not become, but just connect with, be aware of that shame in your body or that shame about that incident you know, if for example, and trigger warning here, you know, if you were raped and you felt shame at the rape, just connect with the experience as an observer so you're not reliving it. You're just aware of the shame you feel because of that experience or if your parents looked at you badly or whatever your, whatever your main kind of shame element is. The other thing is you might just do a generic thing. It's just, you just feel that. You might want to just conjure up, yeah, I feel stupid. I feel worthless. I feel hopeless. I feel a waste of space. And so what I want you to do is just become aware of those energies and feel where they are in your body. Perceive them. And again, you're not connecting to them. You're not making them real and true and significant. You're just aware, yeah, I've got some shame in my body. I can, I can sense it's in that part of the body or that area. And you may get colours or or temperature with it. You know, you might feel it's warm or really cold. It might You might get sensations like it's really dense. You know, it feels like it's sludge or murky or, you know, you might get a colour to it. It's black or it's really dark purple or whatever. Just there's no right or wrong. You'll get it how you get it. You'll receive the information of the shame in your body how you receive it. And what I want you to do is when you, when you sort of get an awareness of where it is in your body, and it might be everywhere, that's okay too. What I want you to do is I want you to create a fist in both your hands and make that fist like a magnet to your shame and allow it to just totally suck from your body all the shame from your epi field, just, just suck in all the shame into your wrists, and you'll see it. Like, for example, if you saw it as a colour, you'll see the the colour of whatever it is travelling through your body and going to your wrists. And when you get the awareness that it's gone from everywhere else, it's just all in your wrist, or some people have so much shame that it doesn't all fit into the wrist, so it's sort of backed up, that's okay, because as soon as you let go of the wrists, like open up your palm, it will flow out, so that's fine. There's no right or wrong. And there's this feeling of empowerment, like, wow, I'm in control here. I can work with my body to release this. I don't need to keep this pedal or this information. I'm not shame. It's shame of an energy that's just in my body and I'm just letting it go. And so when you feel it's complete, that everything is sucked out of wherever it was and now it's um, in your wrists, what I want you to do is imagine quite a ways from you in the centre of the room, is like a plug, a bath plug. And that when you lift that plug, there's sort of like a whirlpool that starts. And you're safe where you are. You're not ever going to get sucked down there. However, it responds to the energies that you're willing and desiring to let go of. And so when you open up your palm, all that energy of shame is going to transmute. It's going to come out of you, out through your wrists. It's going to go down into the whirlpool. And when it's all complete, and every little drop of shame has come out of your system, out of your body, then you just put the plug back in. Right? So energetically, just imagine the plug being taken off when you're ready. Because you've got the power to lift that plug out without t- actually moving forward and doing it physically. And then once you're ready you move that across and then when it feels good and it feels right, just let go of your wrists as far as opening up your palms, opening up your hands, fingers nice and wide and just allowing all that shame to go down the whirlpool to transmute into something, absolutely beautiful, the alchemist in you. Just letting it flow, letting it flow and letting it flow. And then you'll get to the point where there's nothing left in your body as far as there's no more shame or whatever it is you're doing. You don't have to just do it on shame. You can do it on anger or upset or whatever it is. And when it's all out, pop that plug back across and you're done and what I would love you to do then is just acknowledge how does your body feel now is there more space or less space does it feel lighter do you feel more present or able to perceive more maybe do you feel happier more you So that's a really simple exercise you can do to acknowledge the shame. Acknowledge it's not who you truly be. It's just something that you've got either genetically, you know, generationally, or you've got it from experiences in your lifetime. Or you've received it from those around you. For example, your perpetrator. So that's a really simple thing. Um, Play with it. And my little love letter to you right now is, you are worth it. You have value. And it's okay if you don't feel like that. And if you don't feel like that, it's because you're not being you right now. And you're not you right now, quite possibly because you are functioning from either your survival brain. You're functioning from disassociation or disassociative parts. And what I wish for you more than ever is for you to know how beautiful you are. And that starts with me saying, I am sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for any pain and suffering that you or your parts have experienced. If you experience something as a child, I am so sorry. And I'm saying that not to bring it significance. I'm saying that because there's probably a part that really needs to hear it. And that part may be scared. And that part may have so much shame because it just didn't understand why these people or person did that. And I wish to say to that part, you're beautiful and I'm so sorry you experienced that. And that had nothing to do with you. In fact, the only thing that it had to do with you was that you were chosen for your beauty. You were chosen for your capacities to transmute the shame and suffering that others couldn't get let go of themselves. And so I would love to say to those parts, if if it's safe and if it's okay for them to hear it, to look at your body. And maybe when you look at the body you'll realize you're not that age anymore. That you've grown up. And maybe as you're listening to me, that part has realized, oh, I'm not that little kid anymore that got abused. I've grown up. And that's never going to happen to me again. Because as it grows and untethers and integrates with your big you... The little one can look up and say, oh, there's an adult me. And wow, that adult me is so aware and so beautiful. And maybe, just maybe, that adult you has your back now. Because they've learned and grown and they're getting assistance. Or maybe even thrive beyond that and are helping other people. How amazing. Wow. Wow. I wish for all of you to realize that if you're feeling anything other than kindness to you, spaciousness, and a sense of value and ability to contribute, it may be that some or all of the time you're not being you. And it starts with recognizing these energies it's one of the reasons i developed energetic self defense because it's one thing to get cognition of oh that's gaslighting and oh that's you know stonewalling or oh that's you know whatever it is it's super important to to get that diagnosis right to get that information to be educated to put a language around it however to Realise that you can also receive the energy of shame and know what to do energetically when someone perpetrates that on you or you find yourself ducking out onto a flower and, and choosing shame as an option rather than coming from the centre of your flower. So recognise just me talking about this may have been Triggered something, please look after yourself, go for a walk, have a stretch, maybe have some water, if your body needs some food. Because don't forget, your parts are listening to me, you're listening to me, and your body is listening to me. And so when I start talking about shame, your body's naturally going to be aware of where shame is in the body. When I talk about shame, the parts of you that haven't integrated that maybe got abused as a child, are sitting there on the sidelines listening and doesn't want to look at their shame because they believe that that's who they are. And then of course there's you, from the center of the flower that I'm speaking to you. And you're aware of it all, and so much more. So be kind to you, be kind to your parts, and be kind to your body. As you go through this process. And if you do wish to learn a couple of more energetic things on dealing with shame. Um, I'll see you over at the Energetic Self-Defense Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to find out more information about me. Please go to choosinggreater.com Alright beautiful ones. Um, have a great week. And um, no matter what you're going through. Please know you're not alone. And you're so much braver and stronger and more beautiful than you could possibly imagine. And I know that because I felt the opposite for so long. And now more than ever, I'm seeing my beauty and my kindness and my sweetness. And I desire that for you too, for you to know your greatness. So it means keep going. It's okay to be vulnerable to those that are kind to you, that don't judge you. It's a journey. You'll get it when you get it. You'll hear it when you hear it. Don't make yourself wrong. That's the shame. It's not who you are. It never was. It never will be. You are a beauty beyond you, what you can possibly imagine. You know, I heard once, if you saw yourself for who you truly are, you would fall at your own feet. And we're so good at seeing the beauty in others this week I'd love you to get really clear on what's true for you. And I know in my heart that shame is not what's true for you. But as I said, it's a journey and you'll get there. And one day at a time, one moment at a time, one step at a time. The most important thing is keep going. And don't make yourself wrong because you haven't gotten there yet. That's part of shame too. Okay, celebrate you. Acknowledge your beauty. Play with those energies. And till next week, I'll catch you again. Bye.